so fucking ready for this. Hello and welcome to the inaugural episode of Los Podcast Hermanos. Uh, to be determined if that will remain the title, but that's what it is as of right now. Uh, I am your host, Tyler Dumont, along with your co-host, Cal Perez. Hello. It me. It is you. Uh, This is the show where we will be discussing, among other things, the uh, Breaking Bad spinoff, uh, called Better Called Saul. And we'll also probably delve into uh, other general uh, topics, uh, just in terms of other shows and movies and things that we're watching. Um, our kind of idea behind this uh, was formed way back in 2015, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, that little kind of <laughs> podcast with the same name. That I've had registered. <laughs> I've had this domain registered for, what is it, seven years now? It's It's been a great use of your money. $12 every year to Google. All those hits. Yeah, back in 2015, uh, we were roommates together, and the show Better Call Saul had just started, and we were like, hey, what if like we drank some bourbon, watch Better Call Saul and talked about it. Yeah. It's not like we like Breaking Bad or anything either. Yeah. And podcasts were at an all-time high. Serial had come out. Everyone loved them. Yeah, it was trending the nation. Everyone had podcast fever. And here we are seven years later, finally fully jumping into the bandwagon. Well, right we on ha- time. We had to be um, fashionably uh, late. You know, we had to make sure that our our contribution <laughs> to the podcast landscape was at the right time, well thought out and well executed as yeah. well. Uh, as you can tell, this is going to be uh, one one of the main differences between then and now um, is that then we were recording just using a little like handheld recorder that we placed between the two of us sitting in my room. Yeah, it was really bad. It was not good. <laughs> this audio quality was terrible to have like one of those little, uh, kind of like, think of like a news reporter trying to get like on the field or in the field recordings. It is pretty bad to try to record two people sitting across from each other without, without moving it. <laughs> and now we are uh, set up with actual setups, uh, but... Uh, we we couldn't make it too easy on ourselves. We are recording across the entire country. Of course. So, Why uh, not? For those of you who don't know, I live in Orlando, Florida, and Kyle lives where? In the PNW in Oregon. The PNW, Pacific yeah, Northwest. Tyler, people know what that means. It means the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> for those of you who are acronym literate, I figured I'd <laughs> point that out. So, on the topic of uh, how we're getting set up this evening, we're both partaking in some beverages, trying to stay true to the spirit of the original. <laughs> that was a nice crackle. <laughs> trying to stay uh, true to the spirit of the original podcast. Uh, I am personally having a ruby grapefruit white claw hard seltzer and a St. Augustine 
Distillery Gin and Tonic. What are you having, Kyle? I've got some Four Roses bourbon and Cock and Bull ginger beer. That is solid. Along with, I have my other beverage. I have a 365 Lime Seltzer. Okay. 365 Lime? Yeah, dude. Like 365, the, you like know, the Whole Amazon? Foods brand. Or, uh, yeah. It's Whole Foods brand, please. <laughs> yeah. I dare not slander the Whole Foods name or else they'll come after me. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> um, before we get into it. Yeah. As we said, we'll, we'll not necessarily always talk about Better Call Saul. Did you have, uh, what, what's been up in your world recently? Oh, okay. Media-wise. So, Media-wise. Let's see. I just started playing The Last of Us 2 for the first time. Fuck yeah. Uh, I can swear on this, can't I? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> so, started playing that. It's real good. I won't mm-hmm. spoil where I'm at, but... Uh, you can. Or I guess I won't spoil the story where I'm at. You can. I, uh, that game's been out for ever i'm listen i'm not gonna spoil it i got into a theater mm-hmm. with the other person i'm traveling with in seattle <laughs> that's not and then okay. let me put it this way i got to the flashback where we find out it's ellie's birthday okay i think i know what you're talking about and then besides uh, that i've been ca- catching up with that moon Knight show that's pretty okay. good we're four episodes in on that. Things are getting wild. I don't. Have you been watching that? No, I am still catching up on Hawkeye. I'm on episode two. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Moon Knight's kind of a weird, wild trip. It's got Oscar Isaac, as you know. I assume you know. You know? Uh, of course. Okay. Okay. I'm an Oscar head. <laughs> I'm an Isaac stand, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's got dissociative identity disorder uh-huh. and it plays a lot with that. And just kind of like having two people talking through reflections, but well, Oscar Isaac talking to himself, acting as two different people. It's pretty Interesting. great. Uh, I heard some like talk of like how in the, shot he will actually be acting in two as two different people in the reflection so like he's like talking to himself but changing character on the fly like so in like in camera yeah yeah like you see his reflection and him and he's like you know obviously they're doing some video processing to it so that he's not talking in one voice Uh in the reflection or whatever but you see, you know, he, it is like one take of him acting it. It's hard to. No, I, I can kind of visualize what you're talking about. But it's really good. I like it a lot so far. Okay. Well, I'm what gonna, about you? Have you uh, been watching anything? <laughs> well, I need to dedicate uh, some extra time to finishing Hawkeye so I can catch up to Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Uh, but outside of that, obviously, I did rewatch the first two episodes of the new season of Better Call Saul. Oh, you've watched them twice now. Yeah. I, when the, well, the first time I watched them, and this will kind of parlay into our Better Call Saul talk, but I had just gotten to El Paso, which for those of you who don't know, I uh, travel for my job. And 
I was in the midst of dealing with the hotel Wi-Fi that was spotty uh, and the TV didn't have AMC and so I was streaming it and then trying to deal with like dinner and all that stuff so like people are constantly knocking on my door and, and taking my attention away so like I missed a bunch of stuff like mm, some detail okay. so I was like well when I'm flying home I'm gonna sit down and rewatch them watch them yeah so nice that so is they're the- fresh in your head then they're they're as fresh as the lime juice in this gin and tonic. I don't know how fresh that is, but I assume it is since you said it's it that way. It's actually not that fresh, but oh, I mean, I, okay, had, to, well, I had to go that, for it. That's a secret. We'll, we won't tell. We'll cut that. Cut but, that. Uh, cut that. Cut that. <laughs> no, but so I I I watched them that Monday, and we're recording this on Friday, mm-hmm. and. I feel like that was an eon ago at this point. So I'm going to defer to you to lead us through the episode later. But, mm-hmm. or I guess should, should should say the episodes. We're going to go through both of them, I assume. Yes. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I guess if that's all you got, I guess we can kind of start getting into it. Yeah. Uh, this is what will tentatively be known as the section called Better Call Saul Talk, baby. Bobby. <laughs> Uh, that's just from my notes, but uh, we should we should probably come up with some like music to put in, in between the sections, you know? Yeah, I don't know, some stinger music, something like that. That'd be cool. What if we get that synthetic life or whatever from that giant bombs, dude? That's royalty free, so good. <laughs> I get it stuck in my head all the time. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right. So the two episodes um, that aired, and you can edit this pause out because I need to look up the titles of the episodes. Hold on. I believe it was Wine and Roses and Carrot and Stick. I believe so. Something along those lines. Maybe that's something good to put in the notes. Yeah. <laughs> This whole, you can definitely edit this whole thing out. So, um, all right. The two episodes uh, were called Wine and Roses for the first one and Carrot and Stick for the second. Uh, Interesting thing about both of these is that though they were aired uh, back to back, they were directed and written and produced entirely separately. Uh, the second episode, Carrot and Stick, actually being directed by Vince Gillian. Vince Gilly. The the man of the show, if you will. Along with Peter Gould, of course. Um, the first thing that I was struck by with these uh, was, this is the first time we've had an opener that wasn't uh, Gene in in omaha well it started black and white and that you know it's like cool on brand you know better call saul starting their season in black and white and then with those ties falling and then they switched to color and i was like wait is this not i was at first i was confused what we were looking at exactly i was like are they pulling like a bait and switch is this going to be lalo's Mm -hmm. uh thing going on because i know he was like that's like right where they stopped last season with but, him uh, nearly getting killed. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I thought, oh, like when they pulled out and there was like this estate or whatever, I'm like, I don't remember what his estate looked like. Is like this it, you know? Oh, but... so through all of that, you, you thought it might have been Lalo's. No, no, no. I mean, it was pretty obvious pretty quickly that it wasn't. Uh, you know, I don't remember the first thing that clued me in on it, but, you know, you just start seeing all these like gaudy, like <laughs> Saul Goodman-esque, <laughs> you know, like housing things. And, you know, we never saw his no like home life in Breaking Bad or any of, well, I mean, not any of, but like his, once he became Saul Goodman, we've never seen his like, yeah, kind of like living situation. Yeah, because like in Breaking Bad, you know, he has the kind of really tacky office in the strip mall and right. you know he's laundering all this money, but you don't see any like result or evidence of it well like the most gaudy part of it is his literal office like his waiting room is like this like dingy you oh know, yeah and then you go into his office and it's got like the columns and everything so and the the constitution the <laughs> yes yeah. yeah um but yeah i actually was listening to the official better call Saul uh podcast uh, i didn't even check to see if they had that i'm sure they yeah. did yeah um and one thing that was interesting is that that intro shot of those ties falling, mm-hmm. um, there's no visual effect there. It's not like they used the chroma and went from black and white to color. They literally had like black and white ties and they gradually picked tie, oh. ties that were kind of had color, but they were kind of muted and they oh, layered wow. them to, to do that effect. Yeah. Oh, weird. I wonder, I wonder if like... <laughs> If that was were supposed to be ties that he actually wore or not, too. You know what I mean? If oh, yeah. there's some, some idea to that. As he becomes more colorful as Saul Goodman. Of course. And then uh, that whole sequence ends with that shot of the stopper. Was it tequila? The tequila, yeah, the tequila stopper, stopper. Which I also learned was completely CGI. The stopper was? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense because if you want it to land in a certain place, exactly, and you want it to like drop and bounce and roll to yeah. like where, yeah. But you know, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, um, I think that was one of the highlights, uh, in my opinion, uh, and then just seeing the whole um, sequence with Lalo. Uh, you know, it seems like he's befriending or, or rather talking to his his neighbors it seems and yeah were like, those who... people have i feel like i remember lalo talking to a bunch of different people and uh you know i haven't seen it since that season aired that last episode mm-hmm. uh but like are we supposed to have known those people were they people no. that we have met before no okay was... so he just shows up and he's just like yo what up i uh <laughs> I'm hobbling in here. Yeah. I mean, there's like an implied history of like, oh, he's been nice to them. And right. they even have that throwaway comment of like, oh, his, uh, you know. The kid's teeth or something, right? The husband's teeth, yeah. Was it the husband? Okay. Yeah, yeah. His teeth have been feeling better, which that's why the demo records match. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Am I blowing your mind right now? Wait. Yeah, I remember them saying the line about the demo records matching. What? Uh I don't, I'm trying to remember the context of it, like, because they—that's why everybody thinks he's dead. I guess, or like believes yeah. he's dead because they yeah, found yeah. matching dental records. 
There's that scene where the twins walk up and they they see like a badly charred corpse and they, right. c- they cover it up. That's supposed to be Lalo, but it's it's his neighbor who he instructed to shave his beard into a mustache. Oh, and to and... leave the goatee because he's got a goatee. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> oh man, I see, hate this. The show gets even better, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the whole point of that. Was like. Oh, you thinking like, oh, it's just some neighbor helping him out, and then he just had this dude ready to be a bottle body double without knowing it. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Great. Lol's a crazy <laughs> motherfucker. Dude, he is like the best worst villain. <laughs> like, even more so than uh, Gus, I yeah. think. Yeah. Like Gus is more menacing, but Lalo is just so charismatic and like. <laughs> Everyone just like loves him, and then he just like switches on you. Yeah, I mean, his whole like kind of unnerving. Uh, I think it's like in in season five where he's trying to tell Saul or Jimmy, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get the the money for me, and he's like, it'll be great, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he just has this like this charisma where you're just like, all right, man. Yeah, you should, you want to do what he's saying, but you're like, wait a second, it's fucked up. Yeah. Um, okay, so where where do we go from there? I don't. I'm I'm deferring to you on leading us through the episode. Well, this is, this is all going to be kind of generalized. Like, I'm not going to go over every little detail, but um, yeah, I don't think we need to. We kind of go from there into uh, Jimmy and Kim. Um, kind of getting back together or reconvening uh, after they've had this conversation about how they're going to tear down Howard Hamlin. Right. And through that whole period, you kind of see many instances where Jimmy is hesitating. Like he, he doesn't, he doesn't know how to feel about the whole situation. And it's almost like he has this monster that he's created that he can't control. Yeah, I Kim feels like I mean throughout this whole set of episodes and like thinking about it it's like like she's always had this streak of kind of like playing along with Jimmy and stuff but it feels like she's really the one that's quote unquote breaking bad now. Yes. Like she's... she is like way more maniacal about like just kind of like planning out this way to fuck up Howard Hamlin. She's slipping Kimmy. I wouldn't go that far because Slippin' Jimmy is all kind of like fun and games. But <laughs> Slip, Slippin' Jimmy's good for a laugh. Yeah. Slippin' Kimmy. She, well, she'll, she, she'll bankrupt She's trying to you. mess up this guy's life. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're, you know, getting back into that groove and we see uh, Jimmy um, kind of slipping up when he's talking to, I want to say it's the DA or someone on the police force in the courtroom or in the courthouse. Wait, I want to go back real quick, actually, because, like, you know, that's the scene where she sees the, like, thermos or the, like, the coffee Mm -hmm. travel mug or whatever it is with the bullet hole through it. And I feel like she didn't know about, did she know that he was in, like, a firefight? Yeah, because that episode where they confront Lalo or Lalo confronts them. Comes comes to their house or whatever? Yeah, and that's where the truth comes out. Okay, I, I couldn't remember if she knew that he had been in a firefight, and I was like, she just sees this fucking bullet hole through the thing and just doesn't, like, you can see her kind of stare at it and, like, like 
in her head question it mm-hmm. and then she just like moves on and she's just like yep this is what we're doing now like this is just kind of our life yeah and it maybe loses a little bit for me on that because i didn't realize that they had already done something with that but well i mean it's still i mean think about it in the time frame this is like the next morning like it's right okay. at, right after uh, that conversation yeah. okay. happened yeah and she then there's like oh yeah here's the proof that like this thing really went fucking sideways mm-hmm. and you know i that maybe that's the moment that she quote unquote breaks bad where she's like well this is our life now <laughs> this is already like beyond where i thought it was so i'm coming up to meet it and go <laughs> wildly beyond it exactly and so they're in the uh courthouse and uh jimmy um lets it slip that uh, de guzman his client quote unquote is actually lalo salamanca uh it is i i can't remember that like subplot at all is is that actually lalo that they're talking about this de guzman guy or yeah it was okay, it was okay. lalo's fake name right okay yeah. that's what i was like under the assumption of but i was just like i don't remember this at all but okay continue yeah the, like just to recap for anyone listening um he had jimmy hire a fake family and like well actually i think jimmy just did that on his own uh and brought them in to you know basically make him more sympathetic and be like oh he deserves to be able to have bail he's not a flight risk right and then of course he is yeah Uh, but jimmy lets it slip uh but then covers it by saying uh i've got so many clients i got so many clients you know i didn't did i say that i meant to say de guzman um and uh from there we kind of transition into the meat of their scheme against Howard Hamlin involving a country club. Yeah. Do we go right to the country club from that? Uh, I believe so. Sure. I will say after, after the, he slips up to those DAs or whatever Uh and he goes into the courtroom and he just sits there and he just like kind of collapses into like the seat and he just like sighs. Yeah. It's like, dude. Yeah. Like (laughs) you, you almost got fucked there. I mean, that's another, to me, that's another moment of illustrating how he's getting further into this whole thing and he's getting in over his head. Right, exactly. Where he's like, I actually, you know, need to, to be more uh, astute and aware <laughs> of yeah. what I do and what I say. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, from there it goes to the country club and... Uh, well, I don't know. I want to say from there, uh, but at some point we end up at the country club. Uh, yeah, and we don't know why they're there, what the scheme is really beyond tearing down Howard Hamlin. Yeah, they see they watch him and the other guy. I can't remember his name. His golfing name is Cliff Maine. Clifford Maine. Jesus, is he a genius? <laughs> well, I said Jesus, but sure. Oh. <laughs> He, uh, uh, Jimmy, when I say he, uh, goes into this wonderful um, um, lobby of the country club and is asking about a tour. We don't know why. Uh, there's a, a great back and forth once Kevin Wachtel discovers that he is there. 
And Kevin, obviously from previous seasons, is well aware that Jimmy, a.k.a. Saul Goodman, is a scheming, no-good trickster. Yep. And I thought that was a really great scene when you see him kind of like do like a double take and like from the back of the like not the back of the room but like from behind him and he's just like wait a fucking second I know this dude <laughs> and at, at that point when I was watching it even on the second time I was like is this the intent like is this part of the plan or is it just a, a happenstance like I feel like that's the thing man I, I feel like it really is illustrating how like on the fly Jimmy is just like formulating this stuff because it really seems like at some point that he's like, okay, like I've been had like, you know, I'm going to like kind of like put my toys away and go home. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of turns around and he's like, pulls the whole like, uh, you know, Goodman Jewish like (laughs) angle on and turns it around on him. The, uh, accusations of antisemitism. Yes. Um, which I think interesting, interestingly play into the real-life um, reaction of Bob Oderkirk when he was... Odenkirk, sorry. Uh, when he was asked to play this character, uh, the story goes is that Vince Gilligan called him and was like, hey, I have this character called Saul Goodman. And Bob was like, I'm not Jewish, so like, shouldn't you... You know, there's plenty of good Jewish actors, you know. Yeah. And they explain, like, no, no, that's <laughs> that's just a front. He's actually gotcha. Irish. Yeah. So that kind of comes full circle um, and is used in this scheme. Uh, but long story short, um, the whole sequence uh, basically ends up with Jimmy finding his way into the men's locker room. Uh, to do something of which we don't know yet. Uh, And once Howard and Clifford come in, he has a brilliant disguise. (laughs) He's naked. The number one rule in men's locker rooms is if someone's naked, you you do everything you can to look away. Because it's just like some old dudes, that's their thing, I guess. (laughs) And uh, Jimmy utilizes that to hide. Just puts a towel over his head and and is butt ass naked. Yep. But uh, we see that he planted <laughs> cocaine, so we kind of think. Uh, mm-hmm. And Howard and Cliff are kind of like, "What is what is this? Like, where did this come from?" And, and Clifford Maine is like, "That came out of your locker, dude." And he's all like, "What? No, it." I didn't fuck what no. Uh, well, uh, one thing I really like about it is his <laughs> Howard's reaction is like he picks it, looks at it, and he's like, "Well, how did it get here?" As if like yeah. Clifford's gonna know uh, or have any other. There's any other explanation other than well, I'm assuming it's yours, right? Which yeah. is is so great a, a way for him to like to be able to imply this isn't mine. By right. just go, by being dumb and going, well, how did they get here? <laughs> yeah, but it's also like very that character to just like yeah the way that that delivery was. It was just like yeah that he would definitely just say that and have no idea like why it was there in the first place. But yeah, that's kind of like the scheme that they're building is just kind of like I forgot what they I forgot the fun flowery language that Saul Goodman uses on the two people from the first season later but like 
that he was basically <laughs> he was dealing in the devil's dandruff. Yeah. Well, not that wasn't the colorful language I was thinking of, but like the like the law term for it, where he was like basically being uh, oh. uh, ineffective yep. assistance of counsel. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> but yeah, like if that's the kind of case they're building against him is that he was too high on his own supply to effectively like give them counsel. Yeah. Now, now, Kyle, you are skipping ahead. I know, I know. There's more stuff there. <laughs> no, it's fine. Because do we go from there to, is it Nacho stuff? Do we get a little bit of Nacho there after that? Well, to avoid having to recall each piece step by step. Um, you want to just follow the thread? I, yeah, I, just, I, I think there are two, two threads, two simultaneous stories. Um this whole time as this scheming has been happening um, and, and to, to close the loop on that, uh, if I may use one of my corporate isms to close the loop and circle back on that topic, <laughs> uh, the whole scheme, I hate that by the way, <laughs> well, I did it just for you. Oh, thank you. I can also uh, pepper in some uh, <laughs> for your situational awareness. I just wanted to follow up with you there, Tyler. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> is the juice really worth the squeeze, Kyle? Oh God, it's just okay. Let's continue, please. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the end result, or or rather, the intent behind the whole scheme is to plant a seed, an inkling, uh, in Cliff's head that Howard Hamlin might have a bit of a drug problem. Right, and. Uh, for those of you who have seen previous seasons, this matters because uh, HHM and uh, Davis and Maine are partnering on the Sandpiper class action lawsuit, and Jimmy and Kim are trying to get their payday uh, because uh, you know they, that's the only way they're going to get anything out of it is if they force this settlement to be settled. Whereas the law firms are trying to uh, drag it out as long as they possibly can. So the hope is that by embarrassing um, Howard Hamlin and making it seem like he has these issues, uh, that will lead the partnering firm Davis and Maine to want to distance their relationship. um, And at which point to get Howard's name out of the press assuming it ends up in the press, they will settle the lawsuit. And money for Kim and Jimmy. Well put, sir. <laughs> the The law stuff in this show is the part that I follow the least. Mm. <laughs> like, like, I get the interpersonal stuff when they're dealing with Howard Hamlin and stuff, but once they start like doing all the law stuff, I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know, that sounds about right. It's not my forte, so legalese. Yeah, you're just like you're snapping your fingers and just yeah, whatever you say, guys. Yep, yep. They could be like, you know, I can't. I honestly, I can't even make something up to try to like, <laughs> like create this like version of a story that I don't understand. But you don't know it well enough to even BS about it. Yeah. Well, let's just say Lori, Lori, lawyery stuff happens. It does. It certainly does. And I could tell that that was happening. And it was lawyery. It's a scientific term, really. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, concurrent to all of that is the storyline of Ignacio Varga, or as he's affectionately referred to, Nacho. Nacho. He is on the run after having assisted in the attempted murder of Lalo Salamanca and is seemingly being helped by Gus and his people since they're the reason he was there in the first place. Um, And we see him wind up at a rundown motel somewhere in Mexico and being told to sit and wait. Well, yeah, even before that, they had that scene where he was, like, looking at the farmers, and he's like, I don't know what I can do. Like, should I trust them, basically? (laughs) Like, he was on the phone with uh, one of Gus's guys, Mm -hmm. and, you know, he was just kind of like, you know, there's, like, this farmer. I believe his name is Tyrus. Yeah, so... What? Sidebar here. Like... Is that the guy from Breaking Bad that gets offed in Box Cutter? No, that's that's the other guy. <laughs> Which other guy? <laughs> <laughs> um, the guy who he's in this episode actually, or he's in one of these two episodes. Um, he is backing up the truck with the new safe in it, and he has like a shaved head and kind of a like a closely shaven beard. I like I haven't seen that episode of Breaking Bad and I don't know how long. But, he's, uh, he's the guy that witnesses yeah. Jesse or, or walks up to find um, Gail murdered after Jesse kills him. And it's like just another looky loo. Does that stick, what, stick out in your head at all? Nope. Oh, OK, nope. <laughs> um. But... But yeah, anyway, both okay. of them were in Breaking Bad as Gus's men, and they're they're both yeah. in Better Call Saul, right? Um. Anyway, you were saying about Nacho talking about the farmers. Oh, I just that he was like super freaked out and didn't know who to trust, type of thing. So he's just kind of like starting this whole season off just like like on his back foot. Oh yeah, because even to him. It's almost like he can't trust Gus because in his head, he's like, you've screwed me over already a few times. Right, exactly. Like, you had me uh, shot in my side just to make, you know, make the Salamancas not suspect you. Right. Um, but he's on the back foot, finds his way to that uh, rundown motel and has direction... <laughs> I'm presuming off screen what to yeah to get like into the hotel and just like <laughs> the old lady running it just like literally rocking in her chair <laughs> no words like exchanged just gives him a key yeah like just like those very awkward like breaking badisms better call Saulisms of just like it's like that would not happen in real life but like because it's a drug dealer like cartel <laughs> thing like it just happens and you're just like yeah that's pretty cool i guess i believe the term is heightened reality i've heard that used a lot in reference to these shows really okay yeah i can see it i can see it where everything is is heightened. realistic but also it kind of seems like it could come from like a western or a comic book or you know yeah you know it's the thing where 
you hear someone talk on a cell phone in a thing and they never say, okay, okay, bye. Okay, bye. All right, bye. You know, they just like <laughs> hang up basically. You know, there's no real like end of the conversation. The conversation's over, flip the phone close and we're done. I've thought about doing that just to see if people, <laughs> if people would think I'm an asshole. They might. <laughs> or they might respect it as a power move. Does anybody respect power moves? Uh, they may not realize they do, but subconsciously <laughs> they do. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'll let, I'll let you believe it. <laughs> <laughs> this is my reality I've created for myself, Kyle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Nacho gets his room at the hotel on the second floor. Mm-hmm. And uh, he basically, we get a couple scenes of him just kind of like hanging out and not really doing much in the room, just kind of like, at some point he calls out, right? And they just tell him to like stick there for however long. You know, it could be a little while basically, right? Yeah, they say to be on the lookout for a a passing by truck. Yeah, and, and it's needs... not going to wait. It's, yeah. Yeah, you got to be ready. But we find out that that is a, a ruse uh, later on. Wait, was it a ruse? Did we find that out, or was it just kind of like that was the plan, and then he kind of went and did his own thing? Well, they never explicitly pointed out, but it seems like the original, the actual plan that wasn't told to Nacho is that they're going to have him hang out there, uh-huh. and they're going to lead the Salamancas back to Nacho so that he ends up getting killed. So, wait. Here's the thing that I just kind of like maybe realized mm-hmm. that truck that Lalo doesn't get into. Mm-hmm. Was that going to be the truck that picked up Nacho? No, no, there was no truck that was going to pick up. Okay. Nacho. Uh, like, could you like, if they had put that together, like what? <laughs> Cause no, like if no. Lalo is in that truck and oh, Nacho just no, gets no. in and Lalo is just sitting there. Fuck. That could have been so good. That would be good. No, I think. Okay. Uh, from after, and this is me just you know speculating from having watched it again, slash listened to the podcast about it, mm-hmm. where it's like they have you ever listened to their podcast? I did at some point during one of the seasons, but I didn't listen to all of that season even. So uh, okay, but you know they have like Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould on there, right. and all that, and they were kind of saying that because. They don't want the assassination, the attempted assassination but uh, of Lalo, which they don't know if it succeeded yet. Um, they don't want that to be led back to them. Uh, and so they basically want to pin the whole thing on Nacho. And so that's why they tell him, they give him that gun when he first gets to the room. Yeah. And they tell him, shoot at anything that comes through that door. Meanwhile, as we see in another scene... Uh, which I believe is start is the beginning of the second episode. Uh, they, Mike and the boys, uh, the the goon squad, end up coming and uh, swapping out his safe and planting uh, quote unquote evidence uh, that would make the Salamancas. Once they eventually have the same thought, it would lead them uh, to Nacho at the hotel. I believe they put a a bank statement from Peru and make it seem like some Peru Peruvian hit squad hired him. Yeah. 
that was a weird scene because like he took out like because you see mike acting in a way that is like in in two ways right because mm-hmm. he's they're planting this evidence for nacho to connect him to that hotel and then he's also protecting his father mm-hmm. by like removing the id mm-hmm. from it and i feel like we've jumped way far ahead into like episode two was it episode two or was it i don't even remember yeah that was episode but, two yeah. okay but you know that's fine we're just going with the flow baby all right all right but he so they they are super precise about this they're like drilling into the safe they open it up they remove everything get a replacement safe put it back put everything back into the safe with you know like everything except the id for his father and then also adding that connection to the hotel and then you see the salamancas come in and they have like trashed the whole place moved the safe into a different room and are just sawing into it yeah that was an interesting contrast where like mike's guys had like an actual safe cracker thing yeah like it's like the precision of mike and just like everything is clean and like nobody notices like anything's awry Mm -hmm. and then the other guys show up salamanca show up and they're just like fuck it the house is upturned and like you know we're just sawing into the side of it it's not even the front of the safe and actually i I do want to note i think it wasn't the salamancas that are there it was just the general cartel because it's juan bolsa who's looking into the safe was that not that i thought that was a salamanca dude no the, the dude that is bald well he's bald in breaking bad and later better call saul uh-huh and his Juan Bolsa. I don't know. <laughs> um, he, he's at the earlier meeting with um, Hector. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Gus, right? So that's why he's heading up that. Because, like, let's find out Nacho and, you know, let's find out who he's working with. Right. I mean, that's pretty much... I mean, do we want to just finish out Nacho's thread here for the second episode or... yeah. I mean, because basically from that point, we get the cool scene of him realizing that there's like this drip coming off the air conditioner unit in this boarded up building. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, there's somebody in there. And I don't know. Did you pick up on that right away? That like there was like <clears throat> like that air conditioner was running. So there's obviously going to be somebody in there or. I Well, I don't even think I noticed a drip. Oh, because like up here like <laughs> when i leave my house there's an air conditioning unit that is like dripping so i was like i was like why would there be an air conditioner unit dripping unless mm-hmm. there's somebody in there you know <laughs> so it was like uh something that i noticed immediately well but... it was more um when i rewatched it because it, it hindsight's 2020 it made a little more sense he right at first, I thought that. All right, so let me back up. There's a scene of of Nacho like with his eyes outside the window, and he's basically like, "Come on, come on, come on!" And he's trying to like basically not take his gaze away. And I thought he was originally like waiting for that truck that he's been told is going to come. Mm-hmm. But upon the second watch, I noticed that he was suspicious of a few people walking outside 
and is trying yeah, to see like, is someone walking me or walking watching me <laughs> am i being walked by somebody today <laughs> um and he ends up like not seeing any movement he's he finds like a slit in the in the boards and he yeah. still doesn't see I, I don't remember the dripping being a factor but I, what I do remember is that he opens the door when the food comes and he like make clearly makes a show of like stepping out and onto the balcony and being like, here I am looking around getting my food. Yeah. And I think when he goes back in or something, he then sees movement. No, it was so it was before he opened the like the food gets delivered and he's looking out the window at the slit, opens oh. the door and then he sees that movement. And he goes, you can kind of see him just like, like, fuck, you know? And mm-hmm. then he like pretends like he's picking up his food and like, yep, look at me. I'm here, you know? Okay. Just to like show that he is there. Yeah. And then he goes back in and throws his food on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> like a boss. Yeah. Which. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. But I mean, he's obviously distraught because he's like fuck they're watching me like you know he's like probably had that thought already but like now he's like kind of discovered this (laughs) like pretty damning fact that like yeah they're definitely in there they're definitely watching me they're keeping tabs on me yeah it's not i'm on the run and i am you know they know i'm in this hotel but i'm still kind of on my own it's like oh no they have someone who has eyes on me and yeah, and I don't think he knows who they are even. Yet. Right. Because, like, <laughs> him, like, as soon as he saw them and he's, like, pacing around the room, I'm like, yo, dude, just bust out that air conditioner that you got in the room, you know? And, like, Which he jump does. out that way. It, and he does it, like, it immediately. And I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah, uh, he... <laughs> go, go for he, it. You, he, you he, can... j- he jumps out of that window... Uh, after bashing the AC unit several several times, and you know, basically, uh, uh, what's the word? Circles back. <laughs> <laughs> no, he. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's the military term for like coming up on like he flanks him? Like that's the military term. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I've been working at? Air Force bases and Army bases for a while? Nope. <laughs> That's the intent. It's all according <laughs> to plan. Um, he flanks him, and whoever's watching him, that is, and walks in, catches the guy, and basically is... Who are you did like the sm- smartest thing in the world, too, where he's just like, he's questioning him, and basically he calls his contact and is like, I got to get out of here. I can't do it anymore. I'm out. I'm going to go make a run for it type of thing. All being fake, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's looking this guy in the eyes, like steely-eyed. He's like, I'm fucking you up right now. And then, <laughs> so he hangs up. Like, he cuts him off. He's, like, trying to say something to him. Like, oh, no, don't. Just stay there a little bit longer. And he cuts him off, hangs up. And... <laughs> Then that guy's phone rings, and he's just like, fucking gotcha. Yeah. He, he wanted to catch them red-handed. Yep. And 
reveal that oh this because the guy was like i don't know who hired me it's like i just yeah. i just watch people for the cartel for the police right. whoever and um yeah he catches them in the act uh by having him call um and then is realizing all right i have to get myself out of here because something else is afoot yeah pistol whips the dude that's the end of him yeah he's not dead we don't we're not led to believe he's dead just that he gets out of that situation wouldn't wouldn't hurt a fly well he's about to fucking hurt a couple (laughs) flies (laughs) (laughs) so he goes out to the truck right at this point and or he goes out and he Mm -hmm. sees like some other characters coming right no or well he actually gets on the truck before he even sees anybody okay i couldn't remember the exact chain of events but yeah yeah he's trying to hotwire the truck and then the the twins don't get out of the car first but they show up yeah with some other henchmen and uh <laughs> fucking twins man <laughs> they're terminators dude they're, they're so like it, it's like they're played so straight and it's it is kind of cheesy the way that they are just <laughs> so robotic about it that's the best part but, but, yeah no it, it really is great it's just it's like comically how mm-hmm. like it's it's comically done how robotic they are but uh basically there's a big shootout he hotwires the truck and the one of the twins kills one of the guys cuz he's like we want him alive <laughs> but then yeah I think it's really funny because they shoot that dude and they're like, he needs to be alive. And then as he's driving at the twins, the twins are shooting at him. Like, right. I noticed that again. I was like, it's just kind of like, what What are you going to do if he, if he catches a stray bullet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like in, you could have done it. I feel like they could have shot in a way that it's like the twins are clearly shooting at like the tires, trying to take out the tires or something like that. Yeah. But whatever. It's fine. They're, they're, comic book characters and i say that not like superhero comic book but just like they're ridiculous yeah like they they would be at home in a fast and furious movie in some ways are you trying to slander the fast and the furious series actually i'm elevating both of them okay because i would watch a breaking bad universe uh fast fast and furious crossover would you consider nobody a John Wick Breaking Bad crossover? You know, I need to watch nobody, but yes. I have not seen it either. So I've almost started it a few times. Same. <laughs> okay. So that's basically where we leave Nacho though after two episodes, right? Like he basically gets away. Yeah. And for posterity's sake, uh, if that's even how you use that term. Um, why, uh, is, why does Gus care about having Nacho not captured alive? To the best of your recollection. You got me. (laughs) Well, like, I, I know that they have, I know that they've had dealings in the past. What they are is kind of chalked up to like me, like having not watched season anything before this since it was aired basically because i have not gone back and rewatched any 
Better Call Saul or kind of tried to like catch up in any way. Ever? So I'm just like, no. Oh, dude. So so I'm sitting here like, I know, I'm sitting here, I'm just like, I know that they like were dealing with each other at some point, but I don't remember kind of like where their lines are and stuff, so. Well, the, and this will serve as a reminder for you and anyone listening, um, Gus had Nacho, well actually, Nacho tagging along with Lalo was an unintended, you know, uh, consequence of him uh, being with Lalo at the time that he decides to go back to Mexico, because right. that's Lalo's idea. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna involve you down here in the cartel life, etc. And he was tipped off about the plan, I believe, by Mike in the last season because he calls him, and that's why he lets them in through the gate, the assassins and everything. Right, right, right. And so, as far as Gus and all of them are aware, to their understanding, Lalo is is dead, and they got reports that everyone there is dead, and they obviously know that Nacho got away, right? Well, there's that meeting that Bolsa has with Gus and Hector, mm-hmm. and when Gus is trying to basically play it off and be like, you know, whoever did this, you know, I, I treat this as an attack on all of us. Try to deflect it away from him. Yeah. Um, gets a handshake. He gets a handshake from Hector, which is is so funny because if you know anything about their relationship, like they despise each other for good reason. Yeah. Um, and so when Hector is shaking Gus's hand and he has this look in his face, like even though he's he's mostly almost paralyzed or whatever his his actual physical uh, condition is he has this look on his face of like oh i got you right mm-hmm. it's like the mr bubs video <laughs> i i got you now right <laughs> <laughs> to which gus responds with hey <laughs> yeah which anyone listening look up the mr bubs video just search that b-u-b-z <laughs> it's great <laughs> but that's where Gus realizes, oh, if if Lala was actually killed, this dude would hate my guts like he already does. But the fact that he's ma- making this effort to shake my hand and give me this look, it's like, oh, you just gave away the plot. You, you, you're telling me non-verbally that Lala is alive. And so if Lala's alive, Gus realizes, oh... I've led them back to Nacho to kill him, but they might take him alive and try and find out who ordered the hit, which would lead it back to Gus. How did they... Wait, okay. I'm with you for most of that. How did... (laughs) How is Nacho... (laughs) Yes? Nacho and Gus, the only way that they're going to find out is if they catch him alive. If the Salamancas catch Nacho alive. Yes. I, like, so, I, I don't know if that, that's ever discussed like uh, explicitly, but we know that they want him alive when the twins go, no, he has to be captured alive. Right. right? Um, and I'm just guessing off camera or something, 
that is assumed or figured out by Gus. Gotcha. So he's basically like, okay. we have to do whatever we can to make sure that that doesn't happen. Right. So it's kind of like the whole situation is blowing up in Gus's face. Um, and Mike knows he's like, we got to go down and get that kid. Exactly. Okay. 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 Um, I mean, hmm. I think that pretty much covers kind of that side of the two episodes. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jump back and start talking about, is there anything else you want to hit there before we jump back and start talking about, um, slipping Jimmy and Kim Wexler. The, the only thing I did want to say that was interesting on the Mike side of that Mm -hmm. is when Gus is actually trying to involve Nacho's dad and yes. Mike basically yeah. draws a line and is like, you're not doing, you're that. not doing that, you know, and I, they don't say this, but it's assumed it's because of the, his whole experience with Werner Ziegler and that Does, whole situation. Did, have Mike and the dad interacted before? I don't think so. Okay. Or, no, I think he does come in to get his car worked on, but as a way to talk to Nacho and show that he knows like that his dad works there. This is like way early on. Oh, I vaguely remember that. Was that like season one? Or two, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I think from the experience of having to kill Werner uh, on Gus's orders and how that messed Mike up in season yeah. five... Um, he's like, I'm not doing that again. So I'm putting my foot down. And then yeah. I bring all this up only to say, I think this is how we get to the point in Breaking Bad where Mike is, is trusted completely by Gus. Where yeah. he, he basically just lets him do whatever he's going to do because he trusts his judgment. And I yeah. think you only get there by showing how He's poking holes in Gus's ideas and showing. Like, yeah, I mean, you think you're bad. You think you have everything under control, but you don't. Yeah, I mean, I think Mike questioning, not not questioning, but like telling him how he's going to act. You know, like like saying that he's not going to involve the father, Nacho's father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like is like a huge power move on Mike's part, mm-hmm. and you know. I'm we don't know that it works yet but like I'm going to assume that it works just because Mike as a character throughout Breaking Bad and Better Better Call Saul like he always has like the most level head in any like kind of like reactionary situation yeah and he's always got he always makes the right move for the most (laughs) except when (laughs) except when he's trusting Walter White in Breaking Bad (laughs) which I gotta say I just love seeing all this backstory and all this setup of these these operations that these organizations had. And right. To, just to know that it's all going to be brought down by a bumbling chemistry teacher. <laughs> right. Like, it's so great. Uh, it but would yeah. be interesting to watch it back in, stu- like, afterwards, like, once all of Better Call Saul's out and mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, we can talk about it later, but, like, where Better Call Saul ends... Mm-hmm. And try to like interweave maybe that first season of Breaking Bad with Better Call Saul, like, you know, I'm I'm just interested to see how they're going to connect the two. I don't know if you right. saw the news that they officially announced 
like a week that ago. Walter White and uh, Pinkman are going to be in it. Yeah, which yeah. normally would be a big surprise, you know. Yeah, I think we can talk about that later, but yeah, I think it'll be kind of relatively minor, but like it'll be it'll cool. have some it'll have some weight to it for sure. Yeah. Um, so that wraps up the nacho portion of the story and then to kind of close out uh the jimmy and kim scheming uh there is a scene where they are discussing um well i feel like we actually didn't we kind of left off with that scheme pretty like there's still a lot to it because it's we meet the couple from the first uh, first season rather the kettlemans thank you very much the kettlemans right how could i forget the kettlemans (laughs) you know they have that whole scheme happening with them which does that happen in the does jimmy first interact with them in the first episode and then the second episode of this season yeah yeah like the first episode is that when he goes by himself no no that's all in the second episode Okay. Because what I was going to say is they, they have this scene of him and Kim talking where they're trying to figure out, you don't know what they're trying to figure out, but they're basically trying to find a way that they can, they can hire somebody. Originally, this is their thought. They're going to hire like an actor or whoever to then try and solicit, um, Cliff Davis, Clifford Maine, his, his services but in a way that's going to spread to further the rumor of the substance abuse by how right yeah yeah um and then they realize and that's one of the things that they point out is like we don't want him to actually take the case right we just want to make him aware right like we want to plant the seed again like just plant a different seed well plant the same seed i should say <laughs> like for <laughs> plant like another cocaine farm. seed yeah i don't know what <laughs> Cocaina. Yeah. And I, I've watched Narcos. I, I know how it all rolls. I've watched the first season, but, you know. I've actually only watched the prequel, or the, no, sequel, Narcos Mexico. It's so good. Interesting. If you're, if you, I didn't, reala- if I didn't you want realize more, there was like a. <laughs> more cartel shows, you should definitely check that. It has uh, Diego Luna, who was in Rogue One. I know him. He's uh, what, Cassian Andor, dude. Come on. Just. Of course. Famed, <laughs> Who doesn't know that? Famed Rebel Alliance leader Cassian Andor. Yeah. New He's show on Disney Plus soon. Oh, they, uh, they are making that show, aren't they? Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, man. It's actually one of the few shows that they're making without using the volume that they use for Boba Fett. Yeah, yeah. They're shooting on location and all that. So it's going to oh, be interesting. pretty big, I didn't know that. big budget. But I mean... Going back to the Moon Knight conversation, a lot of that is shot on the volume as well. I'm assuming, yeah. I think that's yeah. going to be their their thing. Well, I think that uh, part of the Batman yeah. was shot in the volume as well. That thing, that's a crazy technology. If you've watched any of the Mandalorian special oh, features yeah. where they where they talk about it, anyway, it's so not... much better than green screen, dude. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But uh, anyway, volume aside, <laughs> let's turn down the volume on that conversation. Oh God. <laughs> so much <laughs> um and so they're discussing uh, jimmy and kim or, or you know how to, how to do this and then kim is basically like oh i know exactly because they were saying like they want someone who would have 
had multiple interactions with Howard. It wasn't just like, oh, I met him once and he gave me right. the vibe of a cocaine user. No. Um, so that's where, you know, Kim comes up with the idea of the Kettlemans. And we find yeah. that in the time since season one, they have been running a uh, tax preparation business and seemingly scheming people out of their refund checks or, or out of a portion of the refund checks. Yeah. But I think it's also fun. We get the uh, the big Lady Liberty inflatable thing. Mm-hmm. Which we see where that comes from. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is just like, oh, I see. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, good back and forth between Jimmy and them and basically them being like, <laughs> fuck you. We don't want anything to do with you. Our children. Not, have to go to- not them. Not them. <laughs> the wife. Oh, yeah. Because uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the, the husband That's comes he. out from around. the. He's like, oh, hey, what's up, dude? You're cool, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, one thing I I do want to mention is I I love how Betsy Kettleman, like, her character is so consistently feeling like she is in the wrong, or Mm -hmm. she is being wronged for things that, like, she's she's the criminal here. You know, they're the criminals, so, like, nothing's being stolen from you. (laughs) Yeah. Um. And it, and it has that great line where she's like, we had everything taken from us. Our kids are in public school. Right? <laughs> uh, they're just the, like the worst. They're so great. Um, I guess, but is there something that happens with them? Like, because Jimmy goes there and talks to him and we get that scene where we just described. But like, is, is hmm. there a conversation between Jimmy and Kim after that there is isn't there yeah he, he basically initially goes to say i can solve your problem i can exonerate you if you work with me you just have to sign these forms they do and he right. reveals okay, yes. like ineffective assistance of counsel and that whole plan to them but he doesn't he doesn't want them to actually hire him he just wants to right. plant the idea because he knows they're going to go run with it and they're going to talk to other lawyers Right, right. Hence, Cliff Maine. Yeah. Davis. Cliff Maine? Cliff Maine, I believe. Yeah. Clifford Maine. Yeah. Yeah, and then they have the conversation where they're, they're like, waiting for them to call or something, right? Or uh, to contact them? Yeah, because the, they know that it's it's the information that they've given the Kettlemans is super shaky in terms of legal footing. Yeah, it wouldn't really hold up. Yeah, in terms of like going to, to legitimate uh, law firms. Right. And they know that eventually they're going to get turned away and they're going to come back to him. Yeah, because he would be the only one to quote-unquote take it. Exactly. So that but, that ends up happening. What were you going to say? I was going to say then, so he, you can tell when they get the phone call from them to basically go talk to them again, Kim is like, I'm going to come with you. Mm-hmm. And they have some like fun like banter about a carrot and stick. Yeah, you know. Uh, and you see Jimmy bring his stack of cash, and then that's the carrot. Yeah, and uh, once they get there, <laughs> basically get get they get introduced to Kim, and Jimmy tries to play his carrot <laughs> routine, mm-hmm. and Kim just goes. 
all right, fuck this. Time for the stick. Mm-hmm. And she calls the IRS and basically having had like pretty much zero conversation with these two calls out their entire operation <laughs> to the IRS, her contact well, with the IRS who yeah. connects them mm-hmm. to like somebody else. And basically, uh, uh, what's her name? Kettleman. Betsy. <laughs> Betsy. Yeah. She, uh, hangs up, uh, the phone and, uh, Kim is just like, you think you've lost everything, motherfuckers. Like you don't even so know. Stupid. Yeah. Well, and I was on the on my second watch. I was trying to figure out like what their end game was because their only purpose of using them was just to plant the idea, the rumor, or to right. further give it credence. Right. Right. Um. But you know, Betsy and them, they they want to actually pursue it, and now. Jimmy and Kim need to find a way to take them off of that path. Cause like, we're not actually going to pursue this. Right. And so that's why he thinks, Oh, we'll just bribe them, you know, give them money and they'll, and, and they'll be up. fine. And they won't, they weren't fine, which is why Kim does that whole thing. Yeah. But yeah, it ends with her basically threatening them and saying like, you will not speak a word of this to anyone else. Yeah. Or else you will know what it's like to have lost everything. Yeah. And the the even like bigger like punctuation mark on the end of that scene i think is uh like kim leaves and jimmy is still like in the room by himself like not by himself he's with the kettlemans and you just see his face and he's just kind of like what in the fuck just happened yeah and, and then uh later on when he comes out she goes you gave him the money didn't you and <laughs> I don't remember if he says yes or basically there's like a positive kind of look mm-hmm. that he did or something. I don't remember exactly, but it's kind of like, I feel like she's chastising him for like giving them the money, not because it's the money, but it's because like there's some like, you know, like almost charity to it. <laughs> yeah. And Kim is just like, we had them by the fucking balls and you just like kind of like let them like (laughs) still have the carrot basically. Right. Like uh, to Kim, like she has no previous engagement with them. So she's just like, I I just want to be ruthless because they deserve it. Who cares? You know? Yeah. And Jimmy, of course I'm, this kind of goes into our last section of the podcast, which is future theories. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. I and this is me predicting to the end of the show from just from these two episodes is I think all the way down Jimmy is going to be the hesitant one because he still has that moral kind of goodness to him yeah and I think it's going to be Kim that's going to be full on adopting kind of the Saul mindset yeah and I that Jimmy, I think, is going to end up being the Saul that we see him in Breaking Bad as a almost tribute to what what we could assume will be his ex-wife by that point. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... that. <laughs> the way that this episode ended gave me that same thought of just kind of like, what is going to happen between them? Because they've gone through so much already. Mm-hmm. And 
like Kim isn't in Breaking Bad at all. No. So like, does something happen between them that like, does Kim go too far down this path? And is it actually Jimmy that breaks away? Does something bad happen to Kim? And Saul is basically this caricature that she kind of has created and left him with. And that's like the only thing he has for her from her, mm-hmm. you know, but I guess that that almost doesn't work because he also has that, uh, bottle cap thing, uh, tequila cap at the end of, right. But you know, like Saul Goodman is maybe like this character that he can play that reminds him of her in some way. Yeah. And like, the thing that where that breaks down for me is like I don't think they'll kill Kim at the end of. Yeah, I don't think she dies. I think that's too predictable. Yeah, exactly. I I think they're gonna do something smarter about it, but I don't think she'll be in the picture, and I just don't know exactly what that would be. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to find out. In a couple episodes. <laughs> More than a couple. <laughs> I yeah. But. I mean, I guess, do you want to just go into kind of like how we think this will end with like our future theory things? Or do you want to kind of, do you want to go into something else first? Um, all right. Yeah. So as far as our future thoughts and theories, um, I kind of think we should just go with the immediate future. I mean, I know we just talked about where we think the eventual end <laughs> will yeah. be, yeah. but um, outside of that as far as like next few episodes or, mm-hmm. or maybe just the next episode, um, I can foresee there being a lot of strife when it comes to Nacho and Gus and all of them, because I do remember the end of, of Gus's part of episode two is Mike answering the phone from Nacho and saying he wants to talk to you. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I'm guessing there's going to be some accusations made and arguments. and on the Blame thrown around. Yeah. And on the Jim and Kimmy's... Jim and Kimmy. Jimmy and Kim's side. Um, I honestly don't know, because, like, I don't know how i kind of i get the end game of their scheme i don't know what the next step would even be yeah i mean i think in the next couple episodes i think we're gonna get i think kim is just gonna continually push him and to like becoming this saul goodman character you know i i think i think we're gonna see her like build up saul goodman even more than he already has been yeah, and that that kind of plays into what I was saying just a little bit ago about mm-hmm. you know it being his connection to her in throughout Breaking Bad and in the future, basically. I kind of wonder if I know I said we wouldn't go too far into the future, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> I kind of wonder if in the flash forwards, the Omaha, when mm-hmm. he is discovered by that one taxi driver, I kind of wonder if his plan maybe is to seek out wherever Kim is to like, Hey, help get me out of this jam one last time. Yeah. I would have to go back and watch, you know, all the black and white segments again. Cause like, I- I'm wondering if there's going to be something in, in all of those that, you know, obviously they kind of like play to what's happening in that season. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm wondering if there's going to be kind of a like a, a more coherent through line once we kind of know where everything ultimately ends up. I trust them. Oh yeah, I mean yes, obviously, yeah. but you know I don't know what it would be like having not watched any episodes since it was aired and not really that's, diving into it. That's crazy. I know I'm a crazy person. Uh, no, you're a normal person. I'm the crazy one rewatching this stuff. I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay. I want to. I I want to talk about where Better Call Saul ends. Totally, like like where it ends and where Breaking Bad begins. Okay, but this is some I, some bold I, territory for the first yeah, episode. I I want us to make predictions and I want us to see if they come true. Basically, is kind of the idea. All right. But before we do that, I. I I want that to kind of be the ending conversation for this episode, but mm-hmm. I want to kind of go back and kind of talk about what we liked and dis- disliked about the episode. Okay. Or so episodes. Like, okay. is there anything that you particularly liked or didn't like? Um, as far as likes, I loved the intro of the first episode and I really liked the intro of the second, which is when Mike goes to Notch's apartment and you can you oh, can yeah. actually tell the the directorial style kind of shifts to more like yeah. Breaking Bad style because it's the girl who's like she's tweaking out <laughs> and like I was kind of trying to figure out are like are they gonna like show her with like some blue meth or something mm. you know and I was this like is, this is long before that though but that's the thing is like that line keeps seeming like it's getting blurred and I'll get into that later okay okay. Yeah, that, that's a good thought. Yeah. Um, so I like those parts. I I think the nacho stuff, that whole storyline is good. Um, you know, given that he is one of the few characters that we don't know his end fate. Right. So that, that still has relevance and maintains its... Uh, pacing and you know it doesn't get boring or anything because mm-hmm. you know like some people complain about if you already know the outcome of a character in a prequel right. how you know like oh let's point a gun at mike even though we know when he dies spoilers i, think, but... I mean obviously i think this show is kind of like the perfect like counterpoint to that argument because mm-hmm. it's like you don't even have to know where those characters like if you don't know where those characters end up it doesn't have any influence on what's happening in the show yeah and you know like if if you do know where they end up it only kind of builds the tension you know mm-hmm. and there's enough going on that it doesn't matter who's alive and who's dead and like oh you know this character gets to this point yeah you know but like it <laughs> i mean the big prequel trilogy right of star wars is kind of like <laughs> like everything in that is just so like like I don't want to say cringy, but you know, it, yeah. you just kind of like see where it all is going. And like, it's not very like done. It's not it's, done thoughtfully. It's not executed well. Or, or that. Yeah. <laughs> like, but well, like with, with this, you're looking at it and it doesn't, it, none of the breaking bad stuff matters to what's going on here. And now you just know what the character is in that. And you're like getting glimpses of it. Yeah, well, I, I, I've actually, as someone who is terminally online, 
meaning I uh, <laughs> am on the internet a lot. Um, I see a lot of people either talking about this show or other shows where like if something isn't happening in the plot, then they think it's a waste of time. And I fully disagree with that. Like I already know the outcomes of a few of the characters in Better Call Saul, but I still enjoy watching the show, just living in that world and also discovering, you know, the motivations behind things that happen later, like expanding the character. That's worthwhile. Like going into something that I really liked is just like, I think it, it's something that both the shows do a lot and it's just Mm. like luxuriating and just like luxuriating yeah in like these different like (laughs) shots yeah you know like think about the opening of the first episode this season where it's just like slow pans just through like Mm -hmm. Saul Goodman's residence Mm -hmm. and you're just like you're getting all these little details about like where he lived and you know it's like that scene was I'm going to guess at least five minutes, you know, I would say three to five minutes of just panning through mm-hmm. no voiceover, no, like, yeah. Like the only thing you're seeing is visual cues to like the character Saul Goodman. Environmental storytelling. Yes. And you know, like both the shows do that multiple times throughout the shows, mm-hmm. you know, every episode has, it seems like one kind of shot that like, just sits there and lingers like if you remember the scorpion from that one episode with the train heist in breaking bad mm-hmm. you know like they love to just like focus on an object that like you know pull out from it and you they know, take that type time. of cinema yeah they let things breathe marinate if you will stew <laughs> soup <sighs> you lost it you lost nah, it. I don't know. It's fine. But, but yeah. I mean, that's something that I really like about, like, that's something that in this episode I thought was really great is just that opening shot. I know you said it too, but mm-hmm. um, the other thing that I liked was <laughs> there was this really random shot <laughs> in Nacho's apartment of when Mike and them get there for the first time where it's like from – it's above the refrigerator, like up in like these like little rafters. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it's like straight down. And then Mike just looks up at it with the flashlight. Yeah. yeah. It's just like this very strange, like shot. And it's just like, and then Mike looks up at the camera. <laughs> and... it, re- it reminded me of El Camino when, when Jesse's like looking through that apartment, the condo. Oh, and they have this, they have a yeah. big shot from like above that they, uh-huh that they made yeah yeah remember how i didn't watch that for a really long time i i do <laughs> yeah i remember how i pestered you to watch it for like literal like two or three years that sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> but i'm glad we watched it together over facetime yeah in the post-pandemic world or during pandemic world whatever you want to sure. call it is there anything that you didn't like well, um, I think that there are some parts that they could have cut from, like Nacho hanging out in the hotel room, like 
I mean, aside from the stuff that was important to tell that part of the story, yeah. Um, there's a lot of like shots of him just like pacing or you know stuff right. like that, and it's like mood setting in a way, I guess. But it's still just like we don't need this. <laughs> it, yeah, it's building um, his like anxieties about the situation, but like yeah. I feel like we already had it. Like it was something that was already kind of established. I think that would be the only piece of it because I feel like everything else is necessary for the plot. Yeah. Um, and uh, full disclosure for everyone, anyone listening, if anyone is listening, um, we're I, absolute professionals and we actually, <laughs> uh, know exactly what we're talking about. I am someone who, regardless of it being the breaking bad universe, I generally find something that I like about most things. It's hard to get me to like fully shit on something unless it's the movie cloud Atlas because fuck that movie, fuck that movie, (laughs) Um, which I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on the new matrix, by the way. Maybe we'll talk about that some other time. That'll be part of an intro to another episode, I guess. Okay. But yeah. um, What about you? Anything that you didn't like? There's really not anything that I didn't, like uh i will say anything that deals with hector salamanca tio wait tio? No, no. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just refer to him yeah uh, yeah as uncle uh, on, yeah. The, on the official podcast even they're like talking about it they're like when tio did this and that and i'm like you guys gotcha that's not <laughs> that is okay but like those are always like they're hard scenes to like totally get the meaning of sometimes because he doesn't speak. So you're trying to like read Uh his facial expressions and stuff like that. Uh, So, you know, you're like, this is what I'm getting from it, but is it what they wanted me to get from it? Yeah. Okay. But other than that, like that's a very minor dislike, honestly, but Mm -hmm. that's kind of it really. Okay. I know we did talk about some, you know, cool camera shots and angles and things. Yeah. Um, you got any of those you like? I did want to contribute to that. Um, obviously, the opening that I mentioned with the ties, I think that yeah. I mean, part of it's from knowing the behind the scenes part, right. which makes it cool. But also, that shot of, which calls back to a previous season, of one of the dead henchmen from the failed hit on Lalo, there's like a shot zoomed in real close of his finger, oh, finger like yeah. an ant on it. And if you remember that episode from like last season, there was that ants covering the ice cream. The ice cream. Yeah. 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 I thought that was really awesome. Um, and none others are really coming to me at the moment. I, I really like the, when, nacho first gets to the hotel there's a shot from like the hood of the truck where you can see like the windshield of the truck and then the room that he goes into okay and they use they use that shot more than once in like different times Mm -hmm. of the day and stuff it's -hmm. just like a cool shot because you've got this really long like focal length out to where he is but it's focused on the hood of the truck every that's in focus Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm And everything happening out there is not. Another cool one, I thought. 
Mike was doing something at his house, like with his granddaughter or whatever, and his phone rings. And he's like mm-hmm. doing something. He's like going into the oh. fridge. No, no. And it's, it's ba- what is it? Yeah. It's um, remind me. His granddaughter like playing with like a marble set with like, and a wants ramps. lemonade. Yeah. But I mean, There's that's le- not the scene. That, the scene I like is when he's getting the lemonade for her. Is it's like shooting the table and the table is in focus, and Mike is doing everything and like you basically don't even see his face. You just see like from like his chest kind of down from the lemonade part yeah yeah that's a good one you don't remember it all do you no i don't (laughs) (laughs) well i i kind of do because i was just watching it but yeah the particular shot you're talking about he's like going to the fridge to pour the lemonade for her and Uh he like puts the glass down and then like Mm -hmm. his phone rings or something like that i don't remember exactly what happens either but it's just one of those you know shots where they're like not focusing on the character in the scene they're like focusing on an object and like things are happening around it mm-hmm. so it's cool go watch yeah. it it's cool i think that can be said about all of better call Saul, but in particular these two episodes yeah just go watch it it's cool <laughs> right okay the big finale the big where finale. do you think where do you think this ends? The show? Yeah. Or more specifically, where do we think it lines up into Breaking Bad? Yeah. Oh, God. Well, I think piggybacking off of what you were saying, of what we were talking about earlier about, yeah. you know, why is Jimmy sticking to the Saul persona? And when you see him in Breaking Bad, he's far more, like, crass. And part of that's, I think, because they had no intention of him being a deeper character back then. Right, yeah. Like, because right. wasn't it just going to be that one episode? Um. Yeah, like one or two. Yeah. Um. But I think, I think something significant is going to happen with Kim and Jimmy. Um, I don't think she's going to die, but... There's going to be some reason that she's not in his life in Breaking Bad. And that'll be significant and probably like one of the bigger shocks of the season. Um, leading to him fully adopting the Saul persona. And as far as Nacho goes, I think Nacho and Lalo are going to make it out alive. And the only reason I say that is not necessarily because the whole reason their characters exist is from that throwaway line when mm-hmm. um, Walt and Jesse yeah. are holding up Saul in the desert. Mm-hmm. And he's like, was it Lalo who sent you or Ignacio? Right? Yeah. I mean, that is that is why those characters are even in Better Call Saul. They even right. thought, thought about not even including them, but they just did because they were like, eh, well, it's a place to start. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, I think that they make it out alive. And so Saul thinking that, you know, they were the ones who put Walt and Jesse up to it, I think kind of points to that. He could mm-hmm. also just not know, you know, if someone's dead in the cartel, he's not going to necessarily know. Right, but I, I kind of think that they're gonna buck the trend, 
of just like, oh, the shocking thing is this is why they're not in the other show. They're dead. No, I think it, they're going to make it out. Okay. I like it. But do you have any other kind of grandiose theories on where it goes? Because I got something for you, bud. Bring it. Okay. So when this show first started, it was like, oh, this show is just going to end when Jesse and Walt walk through his door for the first time. Like, that's going to be, like, the big finale ending. That would be the easy is way he, to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. He, they're going to, like, Saul Goodman's going to be, like, just, like, chilling in his office, like, ah, whatever. And then they walk through the door. Mm-hmm. That's the end of the series, right? Like, that. that's kind of, like, a a pretty easy thing to write. A bow on the present. Yeah. But I was thinking about it, and I'm like, what if they, like, interweave this first season, like Saul Goodman's first appearance, basically, with Mm -hmm. the end of Better Call Saul? So in that scene you were talking about where uh, Saul is like, did uh, Ignacio or Lalo send you? Mm -hmm. Like, we see what that is referencing to, like, what Saul did or you know, ah. like does now like mm-hmm. that really gets them to kind of like, do they work together? Because like, that seems like something that, you know, doesn't seem like it would happen right now, mm-hmm. but like, does Gus fuck with Nacho in a way that he goes, Oh, I'm going back to the cartel. <laughs> Cause like, mm-hmm. that seems like confusing water to try to tread. Yeah. No, but, I, mm-hmm. but you know, like where, like, if Nacho and in Lalo are working together against Saul, like what is what has happened? And then the idea that uh, Brian Cranston and uh, Aaron Aaron Paul mm-hmm. is that right? Aaron yeah. Paul that sounds sounds wrong out of my mouth for some reason. No. <laughs> are going to be in this season? Like it? It's hard for me to like speculate but i think there's going to be something to that scene in particular from breaking bad where they've got him holed up yeah no i because when you really think about it if they're both going to be in this last season presumably in the timeline uh, unless it interweaves with his appearance in breaking bad yeah. they would have to like shoehorn in him meeting both of them separately right right and I, but I've... that, I mean, the only way you could do that is because Brian Cranston's first, or you know, Walter White's first interaction with him is in that first scene that we see, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like no, he, has... he comes, <laughs> he po- he poses as Badger's uncle to like when Badger gets caught by the undercover cop, and he comes in like on behalf of my nephew. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess my my saying that is like we don't like there's no past history with them the first time they interact mm-hmm. that like we've seen all of their history basically. Yeah. You know? So like, but I feel like Jesse knows him from something, right? Well, he or does, does Jesse just see an ad? You see, well, we, we see the ad on his TV uh-huh. in his uh, new apartment when he meets Jane and his TV finally gets signal. Right. And it, it finally comes through. That's the first thing that plays. Right. But yeah. the presumption from, jesse's 
description of Saul to Walter White is that he he knows of him because he's like, okay, no, no, you don't want a criminal lawyer. You want a criminal lawyer, right? Right. So he has some of a, either a reputation, and that's how he knows it, or right. maybe he actually has has a history with him personally. Yeah. But I think there's some ground they're going to cover to connect Nacho in Lalo. Because, like, like, I don't think it, there's any way to interpret that line of, did Lalo and Ignacio send you? Mm-hmm. Into, like, into did, did Lalo send you? Did Ignacio send you? Mm-hmm. You know, like, separately. It's like, did those two send you? Yeah, I... I think that's actually going to be pretty accurate. I think there's going to have to be some sort of interweaving of those two seasons. Right. So that and you I'm, know I'm, what's going on, that he would think it's them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm also wondering, too, like, if like if that's the case, like, where does the season actually end in the Breaking Bad timeline? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, well, keep in mind there has to be a conclusion to Gene, which is right. post Breaking Bad. So I, I believe I think the actual last parts of the season will be the Gene storyline. Oh, I, I definitely agree with that. But I, I just kind of mean like when I say ending, I just mean like kind of where do we leave all these threads? Okay, you know we have the Gene thread, we have the kind of like the Better Call Saul like thread and then mm-hmm. we have like where that kind of intersects with breaking bad mm-hmm. so It'll but I, I i think i kind of went a little early with my my kim theories earlier but mm-hmm. i do think there's i don't think she will be dead by the end of this i could see lalo dying no but then how else can we have the lalo spinoff is there a Lalo spinoff? No, but I feel like there should be because Tony Dalton as Lalo is a great character. Agreed. Agreed. But I feel like you can, like the easy way to get out of, like Nacho's got a, an out already. He's been trying to get out and you just go, mm-hmm. he did it. He got out. And then for Lalo, there's no real good reason why he wouldn't have shown up in Breaking Bad if he didn't die. Yeah. That I That I can think of. That I can speculate about. Maybe he just decides, I'm out. He just get, he actually successfully gets out of the business. He uses Maybe. the vacuum guy. Yeah, I was and... just, yeah. Boy, that sucks. <laughs> Which actually, there is a scene in one of the trailers that makes me think that Nacho uses the vacuum guy. Oh, I see. I I did not watch that trailer, the teaser for season five thing. I didn't watch it at all. Season six. Yeah. (laughs) That's the season we're on. We have to be correct in the season we're talking about, right? Yeah. Um, There's a shot of of Nacho, unless you don't want me to spoil this. It's not really a spoiler, but... Go for it. um, He appears to be in, like, the back of a semi... like uh, almost like when you see a semi on the road that has like an oil tanker it's like in a, in a circular oh, oval. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah he's like in one of those and he's coming up out of some liquid like his head is he was submerged and he's like 
coming out of that as you see one of the doors open at the end of the, huh. the compartment, which reminds me of, I can't remember if it was El Camino or the end of Breaking Bad, but when one of them was being smuggled out and they were smuggled yeah. in one of those. Yeah. So, just saying. Who knows? Just saying. Who knows? All right. I think we've discussed it thoroughly. We've given you our this, future theories. We'll see if they come true. This is a very graceful way to end the episode. <laughs> what I'm doing or what you're doing? All right. We've done it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think... What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, if there's anything else you want to talk about with these two episodes, speak now or forever hold your peace. Well, I think my battery is going to run out here soon, but <laughs> I think that was everything that I had to discuss that I could think of. Cool. Excellent. That's all I got. And for everyone listening, uh, thank you for sticking with us for this long. I mean, I don't know how long this will actually end up being after we edit everything down, but um, this is, is similar to podcasts that we listen to, which are quite long. So, uh, appreciate you listening. Uh, if you are interested in hearing more of our two dumbass opinions, you can subscribe to this podcast, obviously, either in Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Might be Stitcher, might be, I have no Name idea. Em. Name them. <laughs> Go for it. Name them. <laughs> I don't even know the other apps because I don't use Spotify. Them. Spotify. Can we get on Spotify? Can we? I think we are. We can are, we compete with Joe Rogan? No one can compete with Joe Rogan except Joe Rogan himself. Actually, I think the uh, It's Always Sunny podcast uh, for a, a time period was more popular than Joe Rogan. Describe more popular. In their <laughs> Spotify charts of like top listen to, it was number one. All right, well, we got to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think that is going to put a bow on the end of the inaugural episode of the Los Podcast Hermanos podcast. We got to figure out how we're going to talk about it. It was not bad. Is or sorry, we didn't think about this too too much. You know, however many years ago. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't change it. Though we do have another name that we're uh, kicking working, around, working around, workshopping, but. Uh, thank you everyone for listening uh, and we hope to post this and have it have it online um, either Saturday or Sunday um, basically our idea is to have this up each week such that you can listen to this and get those those theories uh, and whatnot that we mention uh, and then basically be able to then watch the next episode on Monday night and tell us how wrong we are yeah if you have uh criticisms um do we have an email address yes can i tell you what it is absolutely uh, it's something Kyle's it's looking it up right now i'm definitely not doing that it's i i have to go to our website myself and figure it out family style summer sanders do we uh i thought we had a twitter we did when we got the 
thing a long time ago. It's yeah. letters at lospodcasthermanos.com. There we go. Letters at lospodcasthermanos.com. There's a Twitter somewhere, too. But yeah, search under that. Is. Search under our name, Los Podcast Hermanos. You'll probably find the Twitter. Um, if this somehow made it into your eardrums <laughs> and you have thoughts, even if you don't even watch Better Call Saul and you're just one of our friends, say whatever you want and tell us either how amazing this is or how you're bored out of your mind. I won't argue with you. They could say a you. lot of other things with that, but okay. Yeah, let's hope for this, something good. Those are the only two that we'll, we'll read on air next week. Oh, okay. Well, thank you all for joining. Thank you all for listening. Tyler? And yes, Kyle? Thank you. Thank you. You know what? I think we'll see each other next time. I think we will. Godspeed and... Good night! Good night! <laughs> <laughs>